you give money to charities? Um, I typically do not give when, you know, handing out at the Walmarts and stuff like that. I will do a charity that, you know, that we believe in, send check. That's what usually I do. I don't, um, I, I don't know, I just don't like to give the money sitting around standing like that. I would rather know that it's going somewhere. How do you feel about charities like asking for money? Is that like, do you feel okay with that? Uh, I mean, everything costs money, so like, it's okay, but I, I feel like we have to get back to, you know, the foundation and the origin. Like, why are we asking for this? And make sure it's being used right. properly. I would say uh, nothing wrong with charity taking money as long as it's being used for a good cause and that actually the money is actually being used for that cause and I find no problem with it at all. Well, I give to American Cancer Society all the time. I give to um, the heart, whatever heart fund because my parents both died of each disease. Um, I also do toys for tots and any other, you know, Salvation Army whenever they're out at the store, so, yeah. Do you give to charities at all? Oh yeah, all the time. And I like CTV charities, I'm like kind of, like I don't really love them, um, because I'd prefer to go to like a charity that's like local, that I can go and visit and see like what they're doing to help others. How does it make you feel uh, when charities ask for money? Um, it depends on the charity, of course, but it makes me feel that there's a lot of people in need and we definitely give to our favorite charities. How do you feel when you do give charities? I feel good because two reasons, helping other people and I get that big tax deduction. Yeep, yeep. When I was a young man, I had a charity call me and I gave, I offered to make a pledge and the charity said to me, you can do better. Now, how does it make you feel when uh, churches ask for money? Um, churches ask for money also quite a bit, and I understand like that they have to, um, their underwriting needs, they need money, churches need money. We give to our church as well, so I understand it. I don't always love it every Sunday when they ask for extra money because we give every Sunday, but. How do you feel about churches asking for money? How do I feel about churches asking for money? Um, I feel like it's just like anybody else asking for money. It's not, I don't feel like it's any different. Do you give to charities at all? I do. Okay, how does it make you feel when uh, charities ask for your money? How does it make me feel? I understand why they're asking, you know? That's fine. Now, how does it make you feel when church, churches ask for your money? <laughs> Not the same. I I'm suspicious of the church's motives. Last guy, he just makes me chuckle. So I'm Jeremy, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm talking about giving and tithing and all that, and you're probably saying, how the heck did you get stuck with that? Did you lose a bet or something like that? No, I actually, uh, two months ago, we were talking through what we're doing in January, I heard we we're talking about giving, and I went to Pastor Steve and said, Steve, I want you to have two weeks off, and I want to preach on this because God put some things on my heart that I want to share with our church. And so I'm excited to be here uh, this morning to give you God's word, to kind of talk to you about what it means to give and to give with the right heart. Because uh, a lot of times I, I think we, we see kind of what's on the screen and there's like this hesitation or kind of what the heck's going on here when the money's passed or the basket's passed in front of me. And I want to kind of explain all that 
uh, to you this morning. And so uh, well, we'll have some fun together, um, but it, it is going to be a little challenging. So I want to talk to two different types of people here. Uh, some of you here, you believe in this church. You believe in our mission. You believe where we're going and how we are reaching souls, and you are all about it. You are all about what we're doing here as a church. And so I want to speak to you this morning, and I want it to be a challenge to you. I want it to be something that you leave here and you wrestle with all week long, what we kind of talked through uh, this morning. Then, then there's another group of you that are, you're on a journey, and you're here this morning, and you're trying to figure out uh, God and Jesus, and trying to figure out if this is a church that you can trust and kind of believe in. And if that's you, uh, you're getting some great insight this morning into why we, we tithe, why we give back to God, and why uh, the church is so generous when it comes to giving. And so you're going to kind of get an inside track to uh, this whole tithing and, and giving deal uh, within in the church. And so I'm glad you're here, and I hope this morning uh, will lead you to a, a place where you can find God and can find a church where you're passionate and where you want to believe in and you give and you give generously uh, to that church. And so as we uh, kind of open this morning, I'd love for you to take your hands, put them on kind of out in front of you. We're going to pray, and I just want this kind of be an act of uh, you kind of opening up your heart to what God wants to say uh, to you this morning. And so let's pray. God, we, we want to hear you. Lord, I don't want to speak. I want you to be very clear to each person here what it truly means to give and to give generously and to give with a right heart. Not because we, we feel we have to or we taught it, but because we know this is how we are called to live and we want to do it because we worship you. And so open up our hearts, speak to us, uh, and, and help us to apply this too. This week on our journey, Lord, help us to, to figure out what this means and how we live this out. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week, I want to challenge you to begin a journey when you think about your money and your income. And so we're going to be posting some things on social media, on the city. Uh, I hope that you'll talk about this with your family. You'll try to figure out what this means because I don't have it all figured out. I'm still learning. I'm a pastor. I don't get all this. And it is hard. It is hard to give first to save and then to live. And we're going to be talking about all this. So I hope this week you will continue this journey. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, and so hopefully you return and kind of figure out some more of what God means in this. And so remember, this is a journey. This isn't just kind of you decide and this is all figured out, or you say, I'm done with this. This is, this is done, and I'm done with church. No. Begin this journey. Enjoy the journey, because God will reveal himself to you. So for me, my journey with giving came when I was 10 years old. I got my first paper route uh, I was that 10-year-old paper boy who down Stanford would wrap the papers, my hands would get all black with all the ink, and then I would throw them on people's porches, and they would blow away, and people would get mad, or I'd not put them where I was supposed to, and it would rain, and all that stuff. So I started getting money when I was 10 years old, and my parents taught me this idea. You give first to the church, you give your first fruits, what comes first, you save second, and then you live off the rest. And I thank my parents so much for teaching me that because that's the way I have lived from 10 years old to now because I have seen the rewards. I have seen how good it is 
to live that way. My parents also told me that um, my dad was a pastor, and so he said, uh, Jeremy, I don't have much money, so when it comes to college, it's on you. And so uh, I learned to give first and then save a lot because I wanted to go to college and I wanted to get a great education. And so uh, uh, I, I did that, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But one of the things I want to encourage you as parents to do is start young with your kids, teaching them this idea. And my wife has already started this. She's awesome, and uh, she has two jars. These are the actual two jars that, that both my boys, they're five and three, uh, they have these jars, and they put their allowance in uh, every single week. They do a couple of chores around the house. They uh, feed our dog or help me with the chickens or whatever, stuff like that. And uh, they get money, and they put one in the, the church jar, in the giving back to God jar, and one in the truck jar. Uh, and oh, to be a five-year-old, because now you're going to see all my jars on the screen. You got the diapers, you got the preschool, the food, the mortgage, cell phones, and so on. Uh, it's a lot of jars when you get to 35 years old. I just wish, just a truck jar, that would be awesome. That would be so sweet. But that's, that's our life, where we have all these jars, and we have to figure out how do we make sense of our money? And God has some very interesting ideas on this, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But back to my story. So I'm going to college, and I've saved up a lot because for me, it was give first to the church and then save. And so I somehow, again, this is God, I graduated college with no debt. I went to a Christian private school that cost tens of thousands of dollars. And if you had asked me when I was 10 to 18, when I had my paper routes and I was saving up all my money, um, Jeremy, you're going to graduate with no debt. I would have said the only way that happens, if I save all my money, I don't give any to the church, I have to save it all. That's the only way I could maybe get there. But for me, I was taught from a very young age that you give first to God. And when you give first to God, you, you give your first fruits to God, God honors that. God honors your heart, and he multiplies what you save in a way that makes it so that when you get to those points where he wants to honor you, you have enough. And for me, that was a, a, a crazy thing that happened, but it taught me this idea and how impactful it is to give first, to save, and then to live. And we're going to be talking about this this morning. And, and for some of you, uh, you're kind of struggling. You're going, okay, how do I do this? Uh, I read this book. It's called More or Less. It's at the Resource Center. If you're under 40 years old, you must read this. If you're a teenager, a college student, this book will transform you. It gives you great ideas on how to live uh, your life uh, around having less and doing it in a way that honors God. And so I encourage you, uh, grab this. Uh, if you're a young person, if you're an older person, you might like it, you might not. Uh, but uh, it's a great book uh, for you to kind of think about. So as we dive in, I wanted to share with you some, some of my thoughts about what has happened in my life when I give first. Because when I give, when I give to the church, when I invest my money in God's kingdom, it is not a burden. It is not about guilt and it's not a punishment. There's so many people that I think they, they enter church and they think, 
uh, when they, they see the plate pass in front of them or the basket pass, that they, they have this guilty feeling that I'm supposed to put in more. Uh, I, I, I know I need to do this. There's this 10% idea out there. And I'm supposed to give 10%. And you feel this guilt and this shame. That's not what giving should be. Here's what giving should be. It should be thankfulness. It should be freedom. It should be obedience, a privilege, and a blessing. And let me explain each one of those. It's thankfulness. It's thankfulness because you realize what you have been given by Jesus, that you have a new life, that you have eternal life, that you have been given the greatest gift here on earth, and there's nothing that you can give that would ever repay Jesus for what he has done for you. That idea of thanksgiving. When the plate goes by me, I am so, so, so thankful because my Jesus saved me and he called me to a life that's far beyond anything I could ever dream or imagine. The second is freedom, this idea of freedom, that I am free from the consumer mentality that grips us in America. I am free from trying to keep up with my neighbors, from trying to keep up with, with the things I see on TV, the, the ads, all that stuff. When I give first, God frees me from that consumer mentality just a little so I get a, a glimpse of how good it is to follow him. This idea of obedience, the obedience to follow scripture. The scriptures are very clear how God calls us to give back to him, give our first fruits back to him. And it's out of that obedience that God honors and he blesses us. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then it's the privilege, the privilege of seeing what you give impacting people's lives. The privilege of saying, what I give here is transforming people's lives. Last March, we had our missions conference, and I was sitting in the back, and there was a guy talking about the impact that we've, we as a church and kind of the, the global church has made on India in the last 10 years, and how the gospel is going to places and thousands of people are coming to Christ and I was, I was sitting here and hearing him talk about it. God just tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're a part of it. When you give to missions here at Black Rock, you are a part of what is happening here in India. You don't have to be there, but know that when you give, you are a part of bringing the gospel to this country of India and bringing thousands of people to Christ. What a privilege. And the last is the blessing. The blessing that when we honor God, with our first fruits, God turns around and he blesses us. And we'll talk about that more next week, but there's this blessing that happens in our lives where we truly don't know how to describe it, but you know what? God's hand is on us. And there's nothing better than that to know that, that God is right there beside you, walking with you and saying, hey, I'm a good, good father. I'm here with you on this journey and I have your back. That's the blessing. And so this morning, I'd love for you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 21, and uh, we're going to be looking at this passage, talk about this widow and what happens when she and some rich people uh, go to the temple to give and to kind of worship God. And Jesus is there, and this is what he saw. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor woman has put in more than all the others. All these gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. 
You know, the first thing we see here is that that Jesus affirms this idea of us giving to the local church, giving back then it was to the temple, now it's to the local church, that Jesus uplifts this and says, this is important. And he doesn't condemn the rich, but he highlights the heart of the widow. And he highlights her heart, and this is how we see it in, in this idea that God doesn't care about the amount that you give, but he cares about your heart behind your giving. You see, giving, and when you give, it's all about an act of worship. It's an act of you saying, God, what I have is yours. This is my thanksgiving offering. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for saving me. This is also my obedience because I realize in Scripture that you, you're all about me giving back to your work because I can be a part of helping you to further your kingdom throughout the whole world, and I want to do that. But so often when the, uh, the basket is passed, there's this guilt and this shame or this duty that we feel like we have, but it's about our heart. And this woman's heart shows this. You know the two coins, the worth of those? That was five minutes of labor at minimum wage. That's how much that equals. And yet it says it was all, it was her all. It was everything that she had. Showing that she was all about the cause of Jesus and of what was happening in the world and how she could be a part of it. What's scary for me is that so many times in my own life, I get caught up. I get caught up in what I need, and my heart is not right. And Jesus sees my heart. Each and every time I'm here at church, when I'm consuming and spending my money, Jesus sees my heart. And we have to get our heart right when we're given to him. Now, the second point is kind of, you're going to kind of question me for a minute. It's this, and it's in the form of a question. When my heart is right, does God desire an amount in my giving. You see, I believe that at first, God does not re, doesn't kind of want you just to give, just to give. He wants your heart. But when your heart is right, then I believe he has something special for you. And when I was thinking and praying through this, I was at a cafe the, the one day when I kind of got to this point, and my hand started to sweat because I was like, oh no, you want me to say that? God, really? You, you, really, you really want me to say this? Guess what? We are rich. And you might not think it because you look at your neighbors, you look at your coworkers, you look at what's on TV, and you go, that person's rich, but I'm not rich. You know what? You are rich. You're rich if you drove here because only 8% of the world owns a car. You're rich if when I say Apple, you think of technology or a phone. Because the majority of people in the world, when they think of an apple, that's a sustaining food that they are desperate for. You see, we are rich. And so many times, though, we don't live like we're rich. We live like we're poor because we put ourselves in situations where we act or we begin to think that we are poor. And so this morning, what I want to challenge you to do first is this, is don't think about giving as a percentage. I want you to think about giving 
and giving what God desires for you. So start in prayer. This week, start and say, God, what is it that you want me to give? Maybe I've given this in the past, or maybe I've never given. God, show me what you want me to give this coming week, in the, in the future weeks, as I kind of start to develop this kind of habit and spiritual discipline of giving. You see, so many times we, we pray about other things. We pray, hey, I, I want to get involved here, or I want to serve here, and I'll pray about it. But when it comes to our giving, it's like, I, I know what I'm supposed to do, or I know what I really want to do, but I can't do it. And so you kind of just, you go at it, and you never pray about it. So start in prayer. Second is, learn to give with the right heart and with a plan. Now, I'm speaking to 37% of you in this room, by what, the, the, by what the, the stats say, you have more debt than you have in your bank account. 37% of you, one out of three of you in this room have more debt than you have in a bank account. And so when I start talking about tithing and giving back, you go, Jeremy, there is no way that I can do this. I can't even pay off my credit cards. I'm drowning in debt. First, God does not want you to live that way. There is freedom that God wants you to have. And so I want to encourage you, take your bulletin on the back side. There's a financial peace seminar coming up in February. You must be there. If you can't attend on the Monday, go by next steps after and say, here's when I can attend. We'll figure out a time how to help you to manage your money in a way that God wants you. In a way that allows you to have the privilege and opportunity and to act in obedience so that you can give back to God a portion of your income. So sign up for that. Then there's a, there, there's a group of you that, you know what, you've, you've been taught this idea of 10%. There's great standard that we, we find throughout the Bible, and I, I think that that's a great kind of starting point. But you're, you're th- kind of thinking in your head that, hey, when I get to that point where I, I give 10%, then I'll start giving on a regular basis. But right now, I, I'm not there. I don't have that much margin between what my income is and my expenses, and so I'm, I, I can't start there. Here's what I want to encourage you with in your plan. Pray and say, God, give me a percentage this week, whether it's one, three, five, seven percent, where you will say, I will start to give this percentage back to God whenever I get my, my paycheck, and I will start to say, hey, God, I'm giving my first fruits back to you. You know, for me, in, in my own life, I've started to use the city. I was excited about the, kind of that, that program that, that we have online for our church to keep us connected. The most, mostly what I was excited about was that I used to pay all my bills online. And when it would come to me giving at church, we had no easy way as a church to give on, online on a regular basis. Until we started the city, I was all about it. And I loved setting up this reoccurring gift every single week that would take my first fruits, would take it right out of my paycheck, and would give it right to the church. And so on Saturdays, I get an email every single Saturday, saying, here's what you have given to your church. And for me, when I get that email, I am so thankful that I get an opportunity to give here and to see how God is working and how God has transformed my life and is giving me the opportunity to give back to him. And so I encourage you this week, figure out that percentage. Start giving, whether it's through a check, envelopes, or through the city that you give your first fruits. And then there's another group of you who you give generously here, and I thank you. 
You get it. You understand this, this idea of giving back to God. But I want you to think bigger. I want you to think much bigger. Because we are rich. And God has allowed us the opportunity in Fairfield County to use our wealth to impact the world. I want to encourage you, if you're a family, figure out this year, from January to December, how you as a family can live differently. You and your kids, you talk about it, you figure out how are we going to save up a fund that in December we get to bless somebody with, some organization with. We get to do something as a family that transforms our world. You think big. You know, for me, I heard about a family when I was a few years ago, and their kids were kind of walking away from God, and the father had this great idea, get my kids involved in something that's bigger than themselves. And so he and his family saved up money for an entire year, and they saved up enough to build an orphanage in a village. And this whole idea of getting involved in something bigger than ourselves impacted me, and that's when I was a high school youth pastor here, and we started to do some stuff in the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Then we started the 900 Project. We built 1,000 latrines down in Haiti. And one of the, the students that was kind of involved in this whole thing, she's now on staff here. And I texted her the other day because I know it was because of her involvement in something bigger than herself that she's walking with God. Because she had so many temptations, so many ways to pull her away, but she saw how big God is when we're generous with our income and our time, and how that living that way for him is so much better than what the world offers. And so think big when you're giving back to God. I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible, we're going to look at one more passage this morning. It's 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to spend a lot of time in this passage next week. I want to kind of get into it a little this morning. And it says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This morning, my last thought is this. And it has to do with during this time of Jesus, where people lived off the land. And they understood this idea of sowing and reaping. This idea where people would plant a seed and would then produce a harvest later on. And that's both true in our own life but also in the world around us. And when we think about this scripture, we see this idea where when we sow sparingly, there won't be much of a harvest. But when we sow and we, we give generously, oh man, something is done and something great is done. And when we invest with our heart, we're investing for a cause. And we heard other people on this video talk about giving to a cause and all that. I believe we have the opportunity to give to the greatest cause ever. It's a cause of God. And it's a cause that 
causes us as a church to want to bring the gospel to every single person in our community. It's a cause that says we are all about those who do not know Jesus. That's why I am so passionate about this idea of giving, because I see the impact that we could have when we start to give and we give generously. Because hundreds and thousands of people both here and throughout the world and in India can be impacted by us giving and us being generous. But for us, we invest every day. Every day we invest our money. We either invest it in the world or we invest it for the cause of God. You see, we spend our money on what we want, on what we think is going to give us happiness. And so often, we don't even realize it, but we live, we save, and then sometimes we give. But when we invest in the cause of God, we give, we save, and then we live on a little less because we realize how great it is to be in this journey with God. God doesn't need our money, but when he has it, he does something incredible with it through the local church. And so my hope and my prayer this week is that you will start to wrestle with this idea of how do I give first? How do I save? And then how do I live on a little less? And as we start to do this, your idea of thanks, thankfulness will change. Your idea of freedom will change. Your idea of obedience will change and the privilege of being a part of what God is doing. And you will feel and experience the blessing that God has on your life when you start to give and you give generously. And so this week, I want to challenge you with a couple things because I'm a practical guy you can hear a sermon and you can walk out of here and you can kind of be the same person, but I want to challenge you with a couple things this morning. The first is this, is that this week, start to pray, start to study, start to discuss with other people what it means to give, to save, to live in your own life and how you're going to do that with your family, with your spouse, on your own. Start to figure this out. Second, if you're in a place where you don't have much margin, you need to start by going to the Financial Peace Seminar in, in February. Start making a plan and a habit of how do I give first to God, how do I save, and then how do I live? And then lastly, I want to encourage a lot of you who do not give on a regular basis to take a step this week. Pray about it, figure out a percentage, and then start giving and start figuring out how do I do this on a regular basis, honoring God with my finances in a way that brings hope to me, but also allows me the privilege of being a part of what God is doing. So wrestle with that. Let's pray right now and ask God to be with us as we begin this journey together. God, we thank you for your heart for us, how you love us and how you desire uh, so much for us to, to walk with you, to be faithful uh, to kind of your calling on our life. And Lord, I pray for each person here, Lord, that you will unleash a giving heart 
in them. Lord, that you will teach them what it truly means to be generous and to give beyond what they can ever imagine because they realize that's where you're calling them to. Help us to realize all that we have, but all that we can give back to you. And Lord, as, as we sing this song to end and we, we, we sing these words of uh, you are mine and I am yours, Lord, I pray that these words will, will have new meaning for us as we think about our finances and giving back to you and what that means. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.